Ohio Habla es un podcast que nace del proyecto Narrativas Orales de Latinos en Ohio, Oral Narratives of Latinos en Ohio. Exploramos la experiencia latina con entrevistas en español, inglés y spanglish. Welcome to Ohio Habla. I'm Elena Fowles. My guests today are Camila and Jaylene. Both are currently undergraduate students and first-generation uh, students here at The Ohio State University. Many of us have heard the term body positivity, which is the acceptance of all body types and the rejection of any type of fat shaming. In the Latino community, this is not always easy to embrace or even teach. We often hear nicknames, apodos, that are based on appearances. Many of them are not flattering. Today, we'll be discussing some of these issues and how to build a cultural positive body image that builds confidence and acceptance. Bienvenidas al episodio. Hola. Hi. <laughs> Tell me about what you're studying uh, and where you grew up, both of you, Camila and Jaylene. Jaylene can go. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, I'm studying world language education. Uh, specifically Spanish. Um, I grew up in mostly just like southwestern Ohio, just that general area. But for like the last half of like me going to school, I was in Fairfield. Mm -hmm. I was pretty close to Kentucky. Not the most welcoming town to people who are like Latino. Mm -hmm. Okay, not a lot of diversity in that area of in that region. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, more than, like, obviously, like, really tiny towns in, like, Ohio, but mm -hmm. not a ton. Okay, great. How about you, Camila? Um, right now, I'm studying biology, but I just applied to uh, the College of Public Health really recently, so hopefully I get in there um, to major in environmental public health. And uh, I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, but I moved to Willoughby, Ohio when I was in middle school. And I was like in a whole bunch of places up there, but Northeast Ohio um, my whole life. And uh, everywhere I ever lived, there were no other, <laughs> no other Latino, Hispanic people like at all. Um, I had met a couple, but none of them wanted to speak Spanish or embrace their cultural identity. And I can't blame them for it uh, just because where we were wasn't the most welcoming, mm -hmm. uh, kind of like Jaylene's experience to things that were different. Mm -hmm. um, but that's about it. My mom just moved to Virginia. So mm -hmm. I guess I kind of half lived there. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, you are both Latinas from different heritages. Uh, what experiences have you had with body image, image as it relates to your culture? So I didn't grow up with that much of any um, family from Mexico, which is where my mom is from, mm -hmm. um, around me. So I don't have a lot of those stories that I hear about where uh, kids grow up with nicknames that are meant to be endearing but are actually kind of <laughs> offensive and make you feel bad about yourself um, because of the way that you look. Um, so 
I think growing up, any of the body image issues that I had um, stemmed from people making fun of my mom for her weight. Because mm. um, my mom is overweight and she has hypothyroidism, so it's hard for her to control it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so growing up, I feared being like that, mm-hmm. being the way that she was, because I didn't realize that it's something that she can't fix in like five seconds. Right. It, it's like a health problem. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the issue I had. I didn't luckily go through getting called names or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Were there any references to skin color, hair, or anything related to that? Yeah, I got a lot of stuff. Um, when I was in elementary school, it started like, I was a little tanner then, but still like, white as I am now and people just knew that I was Mexican because they had seen my mom and my mom has uh, a darker complexion Mm -hmm. and they would always make fun of me and I was like the Mexican Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's really weird and they would make fun of my hair for sure because I have curly hair and everybody everybody had straight hair Um, and I was also a little taller so I'm not anymore, but in elementary school specifically, they would make fun of how much taller I was than them. Um, and skin color, not because of me, but because of my mom. Kids would mm-hmm. be mean. Right, right. Mm-hmm. How about uh, you, Jaylene? Um, I didn't have like the best experience of like body image in general. But, I mean, I definitely have experience with the whole, like, everything's, like, a nickname. Mm-hmm. Like, my brother for, like, all of his, like, uh, infancy. Because, like, when he got older, he was there. But they called him, like, Gordo. Mm-hmm. And his son currently, because he's a, he's a chubby little baby. They call him they call him Gordo as well. Because mm-hmm. they just, I don't know. I think it's something about my family. Just They're just really chunky babies. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I definitely got a, like, a lot of like morenita or mm-hmm. prietita mm-hmm. Or, um, or chinita because of my hair. Mm-hmm. And there's also just like this pressure, I guess, to like fit into like the Latina beauty standard of being like thin, but also having like a small waist, but like mm-hmm. big hips and like a big bust or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even though I was like a child and I was like, well, that's not my problem. <laughs> like. Right, right. I don't really think it's necessary to, like, tell your kids that they should, like, watch what they're eating. But that's kind of just always been a thing that, like, people put on, like, other Latina women will put on to you as a child, despite Mm -hmm. you being, like, a literal child. I can bring up, I guess, actually kind of the opposite experience I had in a way, because when I would visit Mexico... Mm -hmm just on the street in Mexico City, like people refer to you by the way that you look because they don't know who you are. So you're walking on the streets of the city and I'm with like my grandma and my mom and they always call my grandma Morena because she has she has very dark skin. Um, and I'm always Huera every single time. Um, and like even visiting my family in Mexico, they almost, like make themselves feel like I'm like better than them in some way 
because I have light skin and it feels like they like wish that they were like that, but there's nothing wrong with the way that they are. Like they just look at me and they're like, you're so pretty. And I'm like, but you're just as pretty. (laughs) And to me, it's just like, I feel so bad because I wish that I could make them feel as beautiful as they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you're speaking to the ideal of whiteness, right? That is exists sure. in our in our uh, cultures, and 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 in most of Latin America, there's there's still that ideal, right? The mm-hmm. whiter you are, lo más entre más blanquita mejor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it, so so this is still continues to be present, right? Um, so in your experience, what other things have you witnessed? in regards to this type of language, either like the apodos, no, like güerita as a term that might be a positive term versus maybe the term um, gorda or something like that, right? Um, When, especially when it's not meant to be inclusive of all body types, skin colors, hair types, uh, what is the potential damage to using this type of negative language as it relates to how we see ourselves? And and also how we embrace um, who we are as Latinas. Um, I guess I see this a lot through my mom and the way that she would act when we would visit Mexico. So I don't have the direct experience like Jaylene did where she actually grew up with it and had to live with like the comments all the time. But when we would go like, when I was much younger, I haven't been in a while, but when we would go, when I was elementary, middle school age, I was definitely like a chubbier girl. Like I was just taller and like a little chunky. And some of my aunts would like kind of be like gordita, but my mom would like give them like a glare because I know that she would tell me when she was growing up, like she was gordita and like she, like really wasn't you know and like it just gave her such a negative self-image and I know that she never would want me to feel the way that she did so she would do everything to get them to not I guess call me names based off of the way that I looked so that's I guess how I like to the extent that I experienced it I heard it but I didn't really I was kind of sheltered from it yeah I don't know I, I think it's like a pretty serious, like it's a pretty typical thing to just like fat shame children. Which, kids, little kids. Like if they like knew anything about like, I don't know, child development, they'd realize that children tend to get kind of chubby in pre- pre- preparation to like getting taller. Mm-hmm. And then they usually slim down. But even if they don't, who cares? Like what business is it of yours, Dia, if I'm fat? Like... Mm-hmm. Are you going to love me less? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And, like, it's really hard because, I don't know, I feel like no one's better at tearing down, like, Latinos than other Latinos because we are constantly tearing each other down instead of building the solidarity that we need to, like, actually, you know, fight, like, for being treated just as, like, with basic human rights when, like, here in the U.S. or just, like, abroad in general. Uh, Jaylene, you mentioned something, and I don't know if you care to elaborate about Pelo Chino, because uh, you, you've you explained to us before in previous conversations that we've had that that term is actually um, a negative term. 
uh, en pelo chino en México um, is uh, used to uh, to say that you have curly hair. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Jaylene, uh, do you want to share uh, with us what that what that me- what that means and how you came about this term and realized um, you know some of the not so nice history behind that term? Uh, yeah. So. Um- out my entire life, I've been called like Chinita, right? Um, and I was like, I'm not Chinese. I don't understand. <laughs> so, so I like looked it up, right? And so back when, like during colonial times, um, obviously they had kind of like the caste system going on um, where like slaves were at the bottom and then indigenous people and then like everyone else, obviously. Um, and so whenever, like, there, for some reason, uh, like, an indigenous person and a black person would have, like, a child together, they, um, the resulting hair type would be, obviously, like, a looser curl than, like, the afro-textured hair that the slaves had, um, and the Spanish just thought that was absolutely disgusting. They called it cochino. And so the term chino is a shortened version of just disgusting because they thought that hair type was disgusting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it just stuck. And, it's, and that's the term that we've been using, right, for, for centuries now uh, mm-hmm. without realizing. And, and I mean, it's, it's something that I don't think people the general public knows that mm-hmm. history. And so they certainly don't associate it with a negative term Um, anymore as it was intended originally. Uh, But I think it's important to understand that, right? That some of those terms that we use as nicknames uh, for each other, uh, not only are they, um, you know, can can have negative impact on ourselves because, you know, who wants to be called gorda or something that like centers on maybe something that you don't even like, you know, (laughs) your body, like maybe your nose or your, you know, your ears, like, Orejona, right? Yep, Who, wants orejona. <laughs> Who wants to be called that? Who wants to be called that? And so, um, you know, and then the, there's other terms that originally were intended to be an insult completely, right? Like like the word um, chino, pelo chino, right? Um, uh, Virgie Tobar, a body image activist, says that the body image is not just about weight, but about having lighter features, lighter and straighter hair, non-accented English, and more. By the way, her hashtag is hashtag lose hate, not weight. Her description also aligns with the idea of decolonizing our body image. And there is a website by Chicana um, Gloria Lucas called Nalgona Positive Pride which focuses on the intersection of eating disorder, awareness, body positivity, and decolonizing body love. Uh, What do you think about what Tobar is saying and what Gloria is trying to do with raising awareness about these issues? Um, I can say I personally really like it. It's kind of reclaiming like negative words and negative things. and reframing them in a positive light. Like, I guess what stood out just in that was the Nalgona positive pride, because 
to be thin was like such a standard and it still is in Mexico, but now we're seeing just in pop culture, like in America, like having a big butt, like Kim Kardashian is like a thing. And now I, I feel like at least in the United States, like there's less of a shame um, with people who are thicker, I guess you could say, but if it's not in the proportions that they want, then it doesn't count, you know? And I think that that is a big problem of what is wrong. And I like that what they are doing is kind of just embracing people's bodies the way that they are, not the way that other people want them to be, if that makes any sense. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, just the word, right? Embracing the word nalgona. And yeah, we definitely see that more, um, that positive twist on it, but also just telling us, right, that this is our body type, right? Uh, There's not a lot that we can do to change our body type. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it's like saying, you know, somebody that's tall that needs to be shorter. Well, they can't do that. (laughs) Uh, Same thing with, uh, with the body type, you know, it's just this height, there's very little that you can do to change that, right? Um, And um, so, talking about those terms and, and, and using them as empowerment, as uh, it's, is very, is very um, beneficial to all of us. Right. Jaylene, uh, do you have any comments on that? Well, I was going to say, like, I do appreciate that she mentions that it's like not just about weight, but like lighter features, lighter and straighter hair or non-accented English, which I have just, uh, I wish I had heard of, heard that earlier, you know, because I have always tried so hard to like have a very neutral English accent and that translates to like how I speak Spanish as well like I just did not want to pick up anything from how my dad spoke because he's very like obvious Central American he uses stuff like vos but it's very much like conforming into like a more Eurocentric way of presenting yourself to the world even if you're not European yourself Um, you know, I get a lot of comments that are like, you should straighten your hair. You know, it would look really good. Mm -hmm. How do we find that balance, right? Of like, oh yeah, this is just, you know, uh, a term of endearment, let's say, um, from our families, um, to where they're using, you know, uh, language that might not be inclusive or that might point to a different type of ideal, you know, body type, etc. Like, how do we balance or how do we um, sort of fight back, right, in a, in a way that still honors uh, who we are as Latinas, but also, you know, that sort of that practice of, you know, calling people apodos and things like that. But, but also like, um, saying, oh, yeah, soy chaparrita, and that's okay, you know, mm-hmm. or, um, or estoy muy alta, and that's okay. So how can we best challenge a cultural practice that is negative, in, or that tends to be negative towards different types of bodies? How do we work towards normalizing all sizes, skin colors, and hair types? Um, and I can just share one example of uh, one of my daughters when my daughter was um you know, a toddler and another family member commenting on her body type as uh, a problem she will have when she was, you know, when she grew up, like, oh, that's going to be a problem when she's, when she grows up. 
And, and I, and I just challenged that. I'm like, what do you mean a problem? That's not a problem. It's just her body type, right? Um, that is uh, who she is. And um, so I don't know if you have any other, any examples or ways that you've thought about how to challenge, you know, when somebody says, oh, you should straighten your hair or maybe don't, you know, make sure you're not in the sun too much so that you don't get darker or something like that. Um, how, how have you handled that or how do you, you know, think about positive ways of sort of challenging, pushing back and creating a more accepting, you know, way of talking about ourselves? Uh, usually after like a straight hair comment, I'll just usually be like, uh, well, there's a picture of it on my Instagram. Go ahead and like it. And then I'll like tell them my at, but um, in terms of like other stuff, I, I've lost it's hard. Yeah, I've lost weight recently. So most people like don't say negative comments about like my body so much anymore. And I've come to like just accept like the comments about my skin, like as mostly positive for most people. And if it's negative, I'm like, I'm blocking you. Yeah. Um, I guess my thought on that was the most that you can do, I guess, like for yourself is like with the curly hair thing, I'm kind of just like, no, um, but it's hard for a lot of people to, to do that. Like a lot of people haven't made it to the point yet where they're comfortable with the way that they are enough that they can challenge the way that other people like see them, if that makes any sense. So I had like a long journey with my hair where I hated it, I hated it, I hated it, I hated it, I hated it up until I was like 16 or 17 is when I finally started to accept that my hair was curly and it was fine the way that it was. And I liked it that way just because I had so many people telling me it's bad, straighten it, I don't like it. And then I realized, why should I care about what you think? I like it. And so it's just like sad to say, I don't know how much like, I can't control what other people see. I just have to learn for myself. And I guess in that, like you kind of just have to advocate for yourself. Um, and I guess advocate for like your younger family members who are eventually going to experience probably the same things that you did. Um, so like in, I have four uh, little like small younger cousins that are girls. The oldest one is five. And then the other two are toddlers. And then the youngest one is like an infant, like she's not even a year old yet. And we've noticed like my one little cousin, she has the nickname Gordita. They always say that she's Gordita and it makes me so mad. <laughs> I'm like, she's two years old and she's already starting to notice that it's like not a positive comment. And it just is like, I tell my uncle, I'm like, you don't call is, her that. Yeah. Like, don't. I know that you mean it because, like, you love her, but it doesn't come across as, like, 
you giving her like a loving nickname. It sounds mean. It's mean. It's not a nice thing to say. Mm -hmm. I knew that you grew up that way, but it's not okay. <laughs> like, it's just like hard to right. change people's minds and like the way that they think. You know, what would be a fair way to handle that uh, where you're, um, okay, you know, you can call me, I don't know, cachetona, <laughs> but, um, you know, like, how do, how do we establish um, limits, you know, of what we can handle and what we can't? I guess it kind of depends on what your actions are, like, after you call someone that nickname. Uh, my mom told me that, like, my brother, when he was growing up, like, when he was first learning to talk, he thought his name was Gordo. And then that's when my mom realized she made, like, a mistake. And so she, like, started only calling him Noe. Um, but, like, there's a big difference between, like, being like, oh, my kid's chubby. He's, like, a chunky, cute little baby because babies <laughs> are supposed to be chunky. Or being, like, but, or going, like, you know, we need to start watching what you're eating. Or being, like, go outside and exercise. Because I think... I don't know if we can, if we as one generation can collectively stop making like Latino nicknames stop being about appearance. Like uh, I'm Prieta, my dad is Negro. My brother is like, well, he was Gordo, but now he's just, I don't know, he's just average. Now now his son's Gordo. Um, my tia is like Huera because she's the whitest one out of all of us. I don't know if we can change that per se, but we can make them neutral terms, you know? We can be like, well, yeah, maybe I am like Petita, but I'm okay with that. And I don't, like, do you have a problem? Tell me what your problem is. Yeah. Right. And as I think it's also like embracing those, storm, those uh, terms, not as negative terms, right? Just like the term, like we talked about earlier, Nalgona, that has always been sort of like an, an insult, right? Like some, when somebody calls you Nalgona, it's not always um, something good, right? But we hear it more often now as, a, as, as um, something that women are using as, as, as a term of empowerment. Like, yes, that's who I am. This, this is my body, right? Um, there are also other people that are embracing the term negra or negro, um, as also positive, like, yeah, this, that's me. And this is not a negative term. Right. Um, uh, so, the, so in some ways, some of those terms, um, I think some of them are hard to like make into positive, <laughs> uh, you know, like the term orejon, like, uh, I still like think that's terrible, but, uh, but other terms, you know, um, might be, um, turn into, opportunities for empowerment of, you know, like accepting uh, who we are and what our body types are. Um, so, so yeah, so there is that opportunity there. And some of this activists, right, body, body positivity activists and the Latino community are doing some of that as well, just like other words that have been, you know, used to insult people, um, uh, women, for example, like if, some, if somebody says, bueno, es que eres muy mandona, or, it, you know, that's, that's always a term that's been used as a negative trait, where um, many are starting to use that word as like, 
yeah, that means I'm a good mm-hmm. leader, right? <laughs> um, or a leader in training or, you know, however you, you want to say it. Um, but um, it's also about being, thinking about the term, but maybe thinking about it in a, in a different way. And I think us being here, especially in the U.S., have an opportunity to do that, to change that. Um, have you personally used any terms or have used a term that has this negative or has had at this negative connotation and now you feel, you know, you use it as something positive or as something empowering either for you or for other uh, people that, you know? Uh, I do. I do like the idea the most, like of kind of flipping the script and like changing, I guess the connotation behind the words. I think that the words are always going to be there. So the, the most the most powerful thing that we can do right now is to not make it negative. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, de- definitely how you use it, right? You're not saying, pero tu pelo es chino. You're just saying your mm-hmm. pelo es chino, right? <laughs> that, uh, that word could change the meaning, you know, from negative to positive uh, very quickly. Do you have any, anything else to add, Jaylene? Um, personally, obviously, Prieta's a big one for me. I mean, like, I'm just like, well, I just kind of have to learn to accept that, like, this is my heritage. Like, I'm, all, I'm never not going to be, like, mixed race, so I'm never going to be able to change my skin tone. Mm-hmm. And I've just kind of started to embrace that side of myself more. Like, as I said, I've gone to, like, just starting to use the word, vo- like, el voceo mm-hmm. more frequently, because before, like, my dad has, like, a lot of, like, internalized shame about, like, not thinking he's, like, educated enough because mm-hmm. he, like, didn't finish high school. He, like, dropped out after he, like, moved to the U.S. So he's, like, and he's, like, don't use, like, I don't use voice with you because it's, I'm, like, I don't want you to be, like, uneducated like I am. Mm-hmm. And I'm, like, but it's an, <laughs> it's an easier <laughs> way of speaking for me. Mm-hmm. And my mom's, all, like, when I use it as well, she's, like, why are you talking mm-hmm. like that? Like, mm-hmm. you're not, like, you're not fully hunter. Why are you going to do that? I'm like, well, I'm half. And, you know, my dad's probably sick of hearing me use Mexican slang. So you're just going to have to get used to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She claims it. <laughs> yes. And, and and by the way, Boseo is not uh, any uh, indication of, your education level so and I'm sure you know that Jaylene but yeah but yeah you're right I mean um you, you said this earlier in our conversation about how uh Latinos um sometimes you know instead of elevating ourselves and 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 um supporting each other sometimes we bring each other down by our by many things including linguistic you know differences uh, among our own communities uh, Jaylene and Camila, is there anything else you want you want to add um, to this conversation, this topic about um, maybe creating a more uh, positive world that uh, that learns to be more inclusive of all body types and skin tones and uh, hair types uh, for for yourselves and for future generations? Um, my best piece of advice, like personally, is like understanding that learning to like accept that like you're not like as a like 
as a Latina, you have to learn to accept that like your Spanish won't always be perfect, especially if you grew up here, that you won't be like, you won't be perfect either as an American or as like a person of wherever you're like, wherever your family's from, but you'll be a like, but you don't have to be, you just can be you and learn to like live comfortably in the fact that like by being bilingual within itself is like an achievement no matter how many times they try to put you in ESL classes and tell you it's not or no matter how many times they shame like people tell you that you should look a certain way dress a certain way or that you're acting too white or acting too Mexican or acting too just like Latina in general that you're going to be you and you have to and that like other people's comments like even if they get to you you should, they shouldn't let them like stick in your head for long, like longer than they need to, because mm -hmm. you know they're not paying rent. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Camila. Um. Yeah. I mean, just to other people, they're always going to impose their own views on you. Like to them, you will essentially never be what they want because like you can't be. Um, and I think just as hard as, as hard as it is, like you just have to go through it and learn that the only person that you have to be enough for is yourself. And all of these negative comments at the end of the day mean nothing. Great, great. <laughs> um, a todos, gracias por escucharnos y recuerden seguirnos en Facebook y de compartir este podcast con otros. Hasta la próxima. Thank you.